On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, Josh Jacobs did not sign a long-term extension. He will be franchise tagged. What does that mean for the Raiders? How do we get here? And why do the other running backs in the NFL act like politicians? Plus, Allegiant Stadium, 16 new club seats, an update on the Darren Waller trade, and so much more. And we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There he is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. One day early, again, massive overachievers. The kiss asses, bringing the you teacher know. the apple, you know, helping uh, helping her carry her books to her car, getting the extra points. Uh, I'm taking a little uh, much needed mini family vacay, so Soda was kind enough to record a little day early. Uh, dog. 53 days away until week one Raiders versus Broncos. 53, we're almost starting at the half century mark. Starting to get real. Yep. We're going to start getting into to linebacker numbers here, right? Yeah. yeah. 40s getting lower, you know, it's all the tight end and linemen. And then it's getting close. It's getting close. Uh, because it's going to be a semi intense show. We, when we first did this, like the whole goal was like, we're going to have fun. Sports are supposed to be fun. Raiders have a bad loss. We're going to be pissed. We're going to be angry about it. Shitty things happen. Like, the way Gruden got fired, the Henry Rugg situation, we'll still cover it. Non-fun things happen in sports sometimes, and we're not doing our job if we're not addressing it. But the main reason for sports is for fun. We're here to have fun. I'm a Raider fan because I like watching the Raiders, I like rooting for the team. I like shitting on my buddies that are Broncos fans and my coworkers that are Chargers fans. I like rooting for the bad guy. I like rooting for the underdog. I like rooting for the team that the NFL is always after. But we're here to have fun. So question of the day, what is your favorite icebreaker joke? I feel like jokes have like dissipated a little bit. Like stand-up comedy has never been bigger, but just like, and that's obviously like a much, much more difficult craft, right? Doing stand-up comedy, but just like, like, hey, tell me, tell me a funny joke. Yeah, you got 10, 15 seconds. Tell me a joke. I feel like that's kind of gone away a little bit. I want to bring it back. Yeah, it's uh, I've never been a joke person, man. I've always been more of a conversational type person. You've been a joke of a man, just not a joke person. Yeah, there's joke. I've been a joke in, per, in different sections of my life for sure. Mm-hmm. But as far as being just like telling, like walking up to somebody and telling them a joke, it, it, have, it would have to be about like their their like their appearance. You do or, observational humor. Yeah, yeah. like if like a, a short chick, I'm like, girl, you're so short. I can. Uh, yeah. I can see your shoes and your driver's license. Like, you know, like shit yeah. like that. Well, time to get out of that mode. Cause I'm trying to bring just like regular jokes back. Do you want to go regular first or jokes. second? All right. Just jokes. Do you want to go first or second? I mean, you go second. I, I need to think a little bit. Okay. So I'll tell a little story. There are these two guys on a train bound for Pittsburgh and they both have black eyes. And so they're kind of looking at each other and finally one of them, Breaks the ice and says, okay, I'll break the ice. I'll tell you how I got my black eye. You tell me how you got your black eye. And so the guy says, 
I was at the ticket counter buying my train tickets, and the chicken behind the uh, chick behind the ticket counter had huge tits. So I had a slip of the tongue, and I said, "Can I get two pickets to Pittsburgh?" And she punched me right in the face. So the other guy says, "What a coincidence! I got my black eye from a slip of the tongue as well." I was at breakfast with my wife, and I meant to say, "Please pass the eggs," but instead I said, "You ruined my life, you fat bitch." I like it. Slip of the tongue. So that was a story one. All right. So uh, mine are like uh, a horse walks into a bar and the bartender says, why the long face? Dad joke. Just straight to the point. It's right there. Just right there. Two penis walking down a dark alley. One was assaulted. I uh, the guy walked into a guy walked into a bar, and then there oh. was this twelve-inch man playing the piano. And the guy goes to the bartender's like, "What's up with that?" He's like, "Well, there's a genie in the back, and he was giving wishes." And he goes, and he gave that guy a wish. He's like, "What'd you wish for?" He's like, "Do you think I wanted a twelve-inch pianist?" Solid. It's always <laughs> it's always got to be in the rotation. Always in the rotation. All right, so that's our question of the day. Let us know. Make us laugh. It's the off season. Dark days, dark times ahead, potentially. Josh Jacobs, who knows what's happening with this season. Let's bring some joy and laughter into our lives. Pinned comment section. What is your favorite icebreaker joke? Let us know. So here we are, uh, July 18th, 2023, recording on a Tuesday evening. Yesterday, Monday, July 17th, was the deadline. One o'clock Pacific time. For players who are potentially being franchise tagged to sign a long-term deal with their teams. Now, the franchise tag, it is kind of shitty in a lot of ways because it artificially caps players' value when their contracts are, you know, but when their contracts are up, right? So it's kind of shitty in that sense. And so I'm asking myself, like, why would they add that rule? Like, why would they say, like, oh, before training camp, you can't do an extension. But it's like, well, that's the, that's the entire point. <laughs> that's the entire point is to lock players down artificially, right? So regardless of what you make of the franchise tag, uh, the Raiders trying to do it for Josh Jacobs, give him $10.1 million. He did not sign the franchise tender, and he did not sign a long-term, long-term, long-term deal. And even according to Tom Pelissero, how close was Josh Jacobs to signing an extension with the Raiders? He was sitting in a car in the parking lot of the Raiders facility with teammate Max Crosby at the deadline, ready to sign if it got done. It didn't. Now it's unclear when the rushing champ will return. What were they doing in that car? They're definitely smoking pot. Probably. High, right? Got Chilling. Just, just hanging out. What were they listening to? Definitely hip-hop. Some hip-hop yeah. playing. The AC blasting. Oh, for like 118 sure. in Vegas, right? AC blasting, joint lit, telling each other, bro, you got this. Max is like, you know, rolling in it as you should be. Yeah. You got this, bro. There's no way they're going to let you go. This, it's going to be a done deal. Josh is like, yeah, bro, we got this. Like, yeah, like, we'll be Raiders for life. They'd be like, fist bump their Raiders tattoos, you know, together. They're like, yeah, we got this. Nope, we don't got this. He has not signed his franchise tender, and he has not 
signed a long-term contract, Soto. Kind of saw this coming, but yeah, I mean, look, anyone with any type of foresight or 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 or, or any logical thinking knew this was it. It, it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from what I heard, the the big issue was the third year guarantees. There were none offered. There was it, it was the contract in in the text chain that that you and and I and Rory have. I said pretty much what. Probably was we don't know exactly what was offered, but I can almost guarantee it was heavy initial first year guaranteed money. So like a big signing bonus and a big guarantee up front because guess they already have the cap space allotted ten point one million. So if they mm-hmm. if they give him uh, eight million guaranteed, uh, it, it's, it's they're still saving two million dollars, right? But you have a bonus that you can prorate. Uh, the second year is a smaller guaranteed money more incentive laden and after the second year whether it be just a three-year deal or a four-year deal those uh, those years are not guaranteed so he gets the bulk of the money up front but it it was the the sticking point was that third year guarantee the raiders didn't want to give it and josh jacob didn't want to sign without it so no running back has signed a long-term deal for 10 million dollars a year since nick chubb in 2021 that's been the direction that everything's going so again not Overly surprised, but now the fingers are getting pointed. The blame game begins as it should, right? We want Josh Jacobs on the team. Josh Jacobs wants to be on the team. Josh McDaniels wants Josh Jacobs on the team. The teammates want Josh Jacobs on the team. He was voted a team captain a couple weeks into the season. Who's to blame here? So I think there's a lot of, there's like with most things, it's murky and there's a lot of moving parts. It's not, just plain black and white. It's not just plain silver and black. There's some gray areas in there. But to answer that question in one answer, the answer is math. <laughs> like economics, just basic laws Data. of supply and demand. Data, right? That's kind of what it comes down to. And, you know, I've been pretty harsh on this regime, and I think very fairly. I think I've been very fair, but very harsh with this regime, you know, paying Waller too early and the, you know, the Chandler Jones signing and, um, you know, some, some big swings and, and, and some bad moves, but this was the correct move. This was the absolute correct move. Zero. Now in hindsight, the correct move would have been picking up his fifth year option. Cause then you would get him for eight and a half million, but that's with the benefit of hindsight at the time, you, me, we all agreed. Like, look, you can't give him the fifth year option, eight and a half million. He hasn't performed. keeps getting hurt. Lo and behold, that motivation, and, I, and I'm very, I'm very adamant that this wasn't like, oh, Josh Jacobs is now this guy forever. I'm very, I'm a, I'm a very strong believer that because it was a contract year, that's what made Josh Jacobs take it to another level from a really good running back to arguably the best in the NFL. That contract year, I think, was a big part of that. So I, I, I can't point the finger at Josh at. Uh, Ziegler, McDaniels, Mark Davis. There's been some really bad roster management on this in this franchise for a while. This was not one of them. This was more a bitter pill to swallow than error. Yeah, so I'm going to start with this. I have a lot to say, and I'm going to start with this. For too long, we have been used to people saying, well, you never know what the Raiders are going to do. Mm-hmm. Right, you never know who they're going to get, how much they're going to pay them in free agency. 
You're never going to know who they're going to draft, right? Stuff like that. We got so used to doing things that are against what the rest of the league is doing that we expect it now. Mm-hmm. So the the issue here, who to blame, right? Who to blame is 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 it's the NFL because the NFL is making this happen. All right. Now there's two there's two reasons for it. One of when you say the NFL, do you mean football in general? The brass. I was thinking I was thinking about this a lot today. There's two main factors, both of it concerning finances. One is uh, uh, on the investment side of finance. And one is the of the of the uh, the losses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, minimizing losses. Okay, uh, a few years ago, or more than a handful of years ago, the NFL needed to find a way to market itself better. How do you do that? You get you bi- you build stars, right? Mm-hmm. When you build stars, you need to make sure they're on your team. You need to make sure they stick around, right? So the quarterback was you know, seen as the, the the star of the team, how do you get quarterbacks to A, be bigger stars, and B, keep them around longer, playing longer? Well, you make the the rules of the of the game easier to pass, easier to get stats, easier to, to throw the ball. You basically incentivize teams to throw the ball more. And B, you keep them safer by the rules that you pass. Yep. So they, they don't get as hurt as often. You protect your investment. Okay, there's that. That that's the investment side, on uh, the minimizing loss side, you we had a lot a big issue in the NFL with CTE, right? So you 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 at the same time they're they're helping both of these things. You're not going to see uh, a running back rushing the ball thirty times a game anymore, right? You're not going to see uh, these uh, downhill linebackers that are huge monster uh, ogres crashing into offensive linemen head first like they have been stopping run games because the, the team runs the ball 40 times a game. The neck roll is officially extinct. It's a different game now. That's what people need to understand. I'm going to give you a stat, RJ, that blew me away when I when I, when I I saw it, okay? The, the NFL to be blown. The, uh, the NFL is not stupid, okay? The NFL follows data. They follow investments. They're not going to invest money as, as a collective – in things that don't matter to winning, right? Mm. So there's 56 players in the NFL that make over $20 million per year on average, okay? Mm. 17 are quarterbacks. Shocking. 13 are wide receivers, right? Nine are interior defensive linemen. Seven are edge rushers. And five, uh, we have five offensive linemen. Then you have like, ones and twos of, of the other positions. So mm-hmm. 51 out of the 56 uh, players who make over $20 million a year are caught up in five positions. Passing, catching the pass, protecting the passer, getting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That That's what's important. That's what's valued in the NFL. Okay? The embodiment of that, look look at what the Rams did. Okay? The Rams went to the, 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 the Super Bowl the first time paying big money to a running back, and an interior linebacker. Those aren't valued as highly as they were in the past. They got rid of those guys, and who'd they pay money to? Stafford, quarterback, cup receiver, Donald, interior defensive line, uh, Whit- Whitworth, um, 
Whitworth at tackle and, and Ramsey at corner. These are premium positions. So what they said is this. We're going to load up on premium positions, and we're going to try to draft smart as best we can and bring in guys to play around. Them. Now, they got very. it was very fortunate that none of those premium players were injured, and they played very well at the, probably the peak of their abilities that season. But that's the model you're looking at now. You're looking at passing the ball, catching the pass, protecting the passer, and then you have sacking the passer and then defending the pass. These are the premium positions here, guys. The, I, I hear a lot of, of, of people on Twitter and complaining, oh, well, the running back is dead. No, the running back is not dead. The running back, the way you think a running back is, is dead. We're not going to see these 30, 35 carry a game running backs anymore. It's just not going to happen. The game is different now. Okay. Um, it's, it's, we have to get used to what is, what the NFL is now. And it starts, the, the football is very different from a lot of other uh, sports because the lower levels of football change, change the NFL, the upper levels, right? It starts from mm -hmm. when they're kids. There are, there, there are seven on seven leagues now. It's not just seven on seven passing and you, know, you play football and, and you have seven on seven uh, drills and this and that. No, you have whole leagues that just take, take the linemen out of it. It's just seven on seven now, okay? You see it going up in high school. You see it going up in college where it's just spread out and throw the ball and throw, 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 okay? That's creeping into the NFL now. So I don't know if you remember, but before the season started, I think you were talking about how we carried so many running backs. Right? Six. Yeah, and not as many linebackers. And I said, look, the end guys on, 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 on those two groups are pretty much interchangeable. They're around the same size, right? And they're just going to be special teams guys. So these younger guys that are playing running back that aren't getting a ton of touches, they're either moving to receiver they're, they're able to play quarterback and not move to a different position because running quarterbacks are a lot more accepted now. And now, I mean, you can't be a top uh, first-round pick if, you, if you're not mobile nowadays, okay? Mm -hmm. Or they're moving to other positions in defense like linebacker because they're similar size. Like the 6'4", 250, 260-pound middle linebacker is dead. Those guys are edge rushers now. You're seeing 225, 230-pound in interior linebackers, those guys used to be running backs in the past. This is how the game is changing. This is how the game is changing, guys. We have to stop looking at things the way we want to see them because that game is no longer play being played anymore. You listen to Rich Eisen this week. Tom Pelissero was I listened, to, I listened to Rich Eisen. I listened to Colin Cowherd. I did my own research. And yes. So there's uh, – I'll take that one step further on the economics of it all. Because the game can change, and you can still say, I'm going to buck the trend and be different, and that's generally pretty smart, right? Like, if you're a really, really smart guy on how you're evaluating your offense and how you're building your roster, you're like, well, everyone's paying money for this and not paying money for that. Let's focus on this, maybe, right? Let's get some, some cheaper players on this, on this version of football, right? Because you can get cheap guys. But that doesn't apply here. Because you can always, because of basic supply and demand. The league is getting more and more pass heavy, and there aren't 32 starting quarterbacks on planet Earth. There isn't. That's why there's always teams in quarterback purgatory, because there simply are not enough starting quarterbacks 
for 32 NFL teams. There aren't. Supply and demand. Why are quarterbacks paid so much? One, they're super important. And two, there's not many of them. And that's why we're going to, mark my words, few years, we're going to have $60 million a year quarterbacks. It's it's right around the corner. $60 million a year quarterbacks are just a few seasons away. Because that's just where everything's going. On the flip side, running backs. There are dozens drafted every draft. Every, like I said, the, the, the Raiders had six on the off- active roster at some point, including the tight end and a bunch of rookies. Six running backs. There are so many of them, they're coming out of people's ears. Supply and demand. Um, I forgot who tweeted it. NFL player. I forgot the top of my head. You'll probably know when they say it. But he said something about how like the average pay for a kicker is like 2.7 million. And like the average pay for a kicker is like one point or uh, average pay for running back, like 1.9. It's like, someone tell me how this makes sense. Tell me why this is a thing. This is preposterous. Kickers are more valuable. I'll tell you why. How many kickers get real time in the NFL every season? Maybe 40. Maybe like start right. Decent amount of time. Maybe 40. How many running backs are in the NFL? Hundreds. Hundreds of running backs are in the NFL. I can look, turn over a rock and find an NFL running back these days, right? Supply and demand. So you've got everything you said where football was going away from the running back. And then on the, and then on the other side, exacerbating it, there's just an abundance of running backs. They're everywhere. That's why they're cheap. And so circling back to Josh Jacobs, and this has obviously been a, a national story, right? With Saquon Barkley, et cetera. Circling back to Josh Jacobs, why would we want to pay a guy with third-year guarantees when we can draft a guy that can do probably 85% of his production for a tenth as much? Especially a team like the Raiders, that were 30th in DVOA on defense. Like we need help everywhere on defense, pretty much, right? Like we have major, if we were knocking on the door of a Super Bowl, I'd be like, all right, pay Josh Jacobs. Let's get over the top. Cause he is, he is awesome. And he is going to help, help us win. He's great. And he's, and he's amazing. And he's great for the locker room. He's everything we want. And it's, and again, it is, I do not want to turn this into a Josh Jacobs bash session. Cause that is not what we're doing. We're not bashing him. Not at all what we're doing here. But you only have so much money on this in this team. And it's looking more and more and more like it's a rebuild. I don't want to say tank, but it's definitely feeling more rebuild. And giving a running back third-year guarantees is not what you do in a rebuild. You go young. You go rookie. Second-year player. Jeez. I mean, what the what – the, what I, I believe what the Raiders are doing is when they identify a upper – value player they want to keep them around mm. they 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 paid uh their quarterback things didn't work out for whatever reason we've already talked about that a billion times and they moved on but they paid the quarterback um they paid the left tackle they have a wide receiver they paid, they paid two they paid two wide receivers pretty good money mm-hmm. they paid an edge rusher they're looking for the rest and I'll tell you something right now. If let's say uh, uh, Young turns out to be something special, interior defensive line, when it time comes, they'll pay him because he's a premium position. Raiders have a long history of paying. If anything, they overpay. But the thing you is, know, it's like, like now we're being smart about it. 
we're not doing we're not doing what Gruden did, and we're uh, and we're 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 overpaying for a second offensive tackle, or we're overpaying for an interior um, linebacker, or we're overpaying for an over the hill cornerback uh, that they want to move to safety. Like we're not doing we're not overpaying for a backup linebacker. We're not doing those stupid things. We'll we'll pay the money if it's the premium position. If we're if it's not a premium position, it's going to be a fair deal. But it's going to be a fair deal as it as as it, it's looked at in the eyes of the entire NFL and where the NFL is going. So this is where I will come down on Josh Jacobs. This is the one thing that is kind of sticking with me. If this if what happens is what we're all kind of thinking is going to happen, I understand Josh Jacobs holding out up till this point, not doing offseason workouts. Yeah, he's like, nope, I'm I'm not going to show up. I'm in negotiations. This is part of my leverage. I get it. Obviously, I don't like it. I want you there. Getting used to everybody. You got a new quarterback handing you the ball. Maybe, you know, how much does the scheme change? You got other running backs that can really benefit from you being there and learning from them. I don't like it, but I get it. Josh, you got to look out for you. Well within your rights to not do the optional workouts. Okay. Training camp begins next week. For rookies, it's Thursday. Next week for the veterans. If he continues to hold out until week one, because that's... I don't think he's going to risk losing $600,000 game checks week to week to week to week. I I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. I would be be very surprised. But if he holds out during training camp when there was no option to extend him, what is he trying to prove? You are no longer in negotiations. You are no longer at the bargaining table. Your agent is not sitting down with Ziegler hammering shit out. It's done. Whether you like it or not, it's the rules of the NFL. And we can bitch about the franchise tag another day. Like, There's plenty of time to complain about that. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. But those are the rules currently. Why would you hold out now when there's no negotiations going on? For what? Just out of spite? Just to show how mad you are? Like, we know you're mad. Raiders know you're mad. The It's, it's very well known that especially veterans in the NFL don't like training camp. There's just one excuse to get out of it. Just, just don't <laughs> do it. He's still going to work out. He's still going to be in shape. He knows the offense. So, and he just happens to pay a, play a position where you can go, you can start as long as you're in shape, you can go in there the week that the game plan is being installed. You can go in on a Tuesday and you'll be fine. And you'll be fine for Sunday. Any, any, and, he, and he's also technically can't be fined for missing because he's not technically on the team. So, yeah, right? why show so up if you like, don't have to? That's Well, that's kind of what it is. It's just – well, that's the other thing is, all right, is it just laziness where it's like I just don't want to do it? Or are you trying to make a point when there's no yeah. point to be made? Neither one I, of them I – just, I just think he's exer- exercising what control he does have. That's like a toddler saying like – I want to wear my red pajamas tonight. It's like, no, it's in the dryer. No, I want the red pajamas. Fine. I'll go get your red pajamas. That's the only, only knock I will put on Josh Jacobs at all this entire show. And that's assuming he does hold out until week one. He more than likely will. Which is probably what's going to happen. Is there any, um, what do you think the odds are he misses any actual playing time with this holdout? Do you think uh, he says like, I think it's pretty he pulls low. the Le'Veon Bell and says like, I'm holding out all season. Probably I'm going to wait until I get traded and paid. No, probably ten percent. It's pretty low. Ten mil is hard to say no to. Yeah, I, I would. 
look, I would he's he's never gonna make that money up. Mm. If he doesn't get paid this year, he's 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 working against himself by not getting paid uh this year. Mm. He's never gonna make that money up. Um the Yeah, he'd just be working against himself if he did that. I just don't think his worst nightmare, okay? Josh Jacobs' worst nightmare is he says, I'm not gonna play a week one. And he he tells his agent, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna miss one game, opening game, opening week against the Broncos, okay? And and Zeus fucking balls out. Yeah. That is not what fucking Josh Jacobs wants. So why give him the opportunity to do that? If if your goal is to maximize the, your value and to get as much as you can, you want to play in the games. And it sucks yeah. uh, that he's in, in another proving type of year, but I mean, it's the way the NFL is going, and I, I don't have to like it. But, but this is the other part: if he plays this season and plays well again, there's the second franchise tag where he's going to get like 15 million or something like that. It's like 12 and, he's got, and change, I think. 12, then he's got the Raiders by the balls. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the other part is like okay, like Josh Jacobs, you just don't have the leverage right now. You don't. Next season you do, and you'll be $10 million richer. You're getting paid $10 million. You're saying, I deserve more. Okay. Play this season for $10 million. $600,000 every single Sunday. Game check. That is a four-bedroom, two-bathroom house in West Long Beach. Every time you step on the field. Okay? You're making that kind of money, and you say, I deserve more. I, I've earned more. I... I should get more. You say, okay, you finish next season. You're a free agent. and You can go prove everyone wrong. You can go prove that you can get $20 million a year somewhere else. You can go prove that you can get third-year contract guarantees because then you'll have the Raiders by the balls. Right now you don't. Take your $10 million and then have the Raiders by the balls. If you take emotions out of it, that feels like the, mo- the best and most logical path for Josh Jacobs to get paid. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I just hear a lot of the player, a lot of the, the the things that I'm hearing that I'm reading. It's just emotion based, and it's and it's also thinking like the old Raiders, you know, the old Raider way of thinking. Where yeah, we got to keep our own, we got to play our best players. Yeah, we we need to pay our best players. Well, we're not going to pay them more than anyone else in the NFL would pay them. Yeah, you know, we're not going to make a, a groundbreaking you know contract. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, like, like the, the draft draft, not only did we draft Darius Hayward Bay, we sent him to a ridiculously large contract Mm -hmm. after we drafted him way too early. That's what people expect us to do because they're so stuck on this. Well, once a Raider, always a Raider. We got to play our own. We have to win. We have to try to win. And we've been like, I I said earlier, we've been doing what the, uh, what the other teams, the NFL haven't been doing. For so long, and it hasn't worked out very well. We have half a dozen running backs on the roster. We can pick up a ton of other young running backs that are arm proven and try them. And also, like Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Cook, all still available. All still available. Like, again, that's what you're going against. You're not just like, well, I deserve this. It's all right. If I need to pay you twice as much as the other guy, are you going to produce twice as much? Are you going to be twice as valuable to the team? Because you have to be. 
if I'm going to pay you twice as much? Are you giving, is that going to give us a that much better chance of winning? That's the issue. That's, that, and the thing is, is I mean, look, look, at the, look at the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl last year. Who were their running backs? Oh, don't yeah. make me tap the sign. Are you daring me to tap the sign? Sure. I'll tap the sign. Super Bowl winning leading rusher plus salary since 2009. Yeah, but look, I mean, showed this before. This doesn't even include last season with a seventh rounder for the Chiefs. Seventh rounder for the Chiefs, and 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 Philadelphia had Miles Sanders, who was on a a rookie deal, who they let walk, who he signed for six mil. Yep, and he was the the leading rusher. He was the starting running back on on the NFC Championship team, the team that made it to the Super Bowl. This is what people are not getting. This is not a Josh Jacobs personal thing. This is not a Raiders or idiots personal thing. This is the way the NFL is going. If you don't like that, then you don't like math. You don't like statistics. You don't like logic. You don't you don't like any of that stuff. You just want to go ahead and just pay money to whatever position, whatever player, regardless of position, because you just want to pay them. If you haven't, you know, if you're on the pod and you can't see, basically it's a list of all the players, the leading rusher on the Super Bowl winning team and their base salary. The highest was 2.5 mil, Percy Harvin in 2013. It's as low as 400 or uh, 320. James Starks. Remember that name? I didn't until I saw this. I was like, oh yeah, James Starks. You won a fucking Super Bowl. In a third of a million dollars a year. Highest was 2.5, lowest was 320. Averaging less than a million dollars a year. For Super Bowl winning leading rushers. Now again, I'm not saying that all these players help teams win more than Nick Chubb would or Josh Jacobs would. Obviously, those are better running backs and they would do better. But that extra $9 million that you're putting into running back is going into a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame defensive end, premium players at premium positions. It's a salary cap league. That's where they're allocating their funds. Dude, I'll say this. If we found a franchise quarterback that's still on a rookie deal, I would have no problem paying Josh Jacobs that 30-year guarantee because he's much more valuable. And we have a win-now window, right? Yes. Yep. We we have a, a win now window because we are in a good position now, paying a premium position a lot less than we normally would, or a lot less than we're going to have to pay in the future. So we let's take advantage of it by. But we we're not in that mode right now. Mm-hmm. We're not, we don't, we, we're not in that situation right now. You know, like the last what were the the the, the last two running backs to, to to hold out were Melvin Gordon and uh, was Le'Veon Bell. That was like four years ago. And both of them are out of the league. Both of them. Uh, so it's like the again. Yeah, Josh Jacobs was the rushing champion last year, but guess what? The the best running back in the league changes over like every three three years. Like that 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 list flips over every couple every three four years. It's just the way it works, man. Because you can turn over a rock and find new running backs. That's what I was saying before. It's like it's it's just the sheer volume of productive running backs is the biggest factor to kill the running back market. There's just so many of them out there that you can get to be productive. Now, am I saying a specific single rusher? No, but you're rushing attack. You're rushing numbers. You can get guys off the street, and, and not off the street, but you can get guys 
that 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 can do it cheaply and, and that are younger, less injury prone. So as you can imagine, this running back situation has just brought out the best in everybody. All the NFL running backs, all the stars in the AFC have all taken this calmly, rationally. We're looking at logic. Putting logic out there. If you can't pick up my sarcasm, that's on you because I'm laying it on pretty thick. So Matt Miller tweeted out uh, yesterday, Monday. Been saying it for years. This is in the wake of Barkley Jacobs um, not getting extensions. Been saying it for years. One, draft the running back. Two, play the running back if he's good. Three, franchise tag the running back one time. And then back to one, draft the running back. Sounds like pretty sane, sage advice. I think that's what the bulk of successful franchises more or less do. Is go with young running backs before they get old, get worn out, etc. It's true. It's true. So look, but, in yeah. this scenario, because we didn't pick up the fifth-year option, it's one year less. But we mm -hmm. have Josh Jacobs' first four years. You tag him, you tag him. That's six years of his prime years, and then you move on because mm -hmm. he's going to be 26, 27 years old now, and that's getting older in the NFL. You're not going to give him a long-term deal at 27 years old. Yeah, Nobody's going to do that. Derrick Henry chimed in. At this point, just take the running back position out the game then. The ones that want to be great and work hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Jonathan Taylor. He was a little more clever with this because he went pun for pun with Matt Miller. One, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, three, you boost the organization. And then, doesn't matter. You're a running back. And I'll save the charger for the last one. Austin Eckler. This is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back. Yet they act like we are dischargeable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his back. So, is it tough to win without a top running back? Oh, we can, we can go through the top 13 things in those three tweets that were completely wrong. Um, <laughs> how about this no one? one was crying for the tight end when they, they weren't getting paid shit. How about fullbacks? Fullbacks have gone the way of the dinosaur. Why? Because that's where the game went. No, but but you still use tight ends. N now that they're being more valid because a lot of the, lot of the tight ends are, be, are being um, split out instead of just in-line tight ends, now they're getting paid more money because they're more valuable well look Eckler this is the kind of trash that's artificially devalued one of the important positions in the game you think NFL GMs were like oh yeah I'm going to pay a running back 20 million a year and then I see a Matt Miller tweet and then I change really like is that really what you think is going on here that tweets tweets from media is what's driving down the price of running backs Really? Do you honestly, Austin Eckler, think that that's what it is? How about this one? Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back. We just went over it. Since 2009, none of those running backs were quote-unquote top running backs. Certainly not paid. Not paid like top running backs. Another error. They act like we are dischargeable widgets. 
discardable, but whatever. Discardable. That's four. That's four pieces of bullshit information. And last one. I like how they're using, like, you know, with, like, the screenwriter strike. Everyone's feeling kind of, like, union-y, you know? Like, band together for the little guy to fight the big guy. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. As do I. Me too. If you really think you can get more, like, you, every single player on every single team should be doing everything they can to get as much money as possible. NFL careers are short. Do what you can. But... Holding out after the extension period for franchise tags is done doesn't do anything. It doesn't help you get your bag. That bag's gone and left. I'm sorry. You're still getting $10 million. But this idea that like, oh yeah, like they're they're doing what they have to. It's like, no, they're not. That part's over. Let's move on to Jonathan Taylor. You boost the organization. Doesn't matter. You're a running back. You're getting the franchise tag. You're getting... $10 million in a position where there's 199 other one of you's in the NFL. You got it pretty good. And then finally, Derrick Henry. The fucking poutiness of such a badass like Derrick Henry. At this point, just take the running back position out of the game. How about like the ultimate crybaby take my ball and go home line? Take the running back out of the game? Yeah, I saw a tweet like that. It was fucking ridiculous. I went right at the guy. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. So stupid. Well, the the running backs are gonna are, are gonna be phased out, and they're gonna be hybrid tight end running back. Like, no, they're not. No, they're not. You're not gonna see a freaking six six tight end running the ball up the middle. It's just not gonna happen. Okay, there's always gonna be a place for a running back in the league. The issue is we're using them a little bit different now because there's more of an emphasis and more of a a risk from the risk reward perspective, it's it's better and easier for you to throw the ball. Here's the part of it: the, the running backs now are like the chicks that were super hot in their in their twenties, and now they're in their late forties, and they're on their third layer of plastic surgery, and they're used to being the hottest chick at every bar they go to, and now they're not, and they don't know how to behave. You think safeties are acting this way? You think interior linemen are acting this way? You think? kickers act this way running backs do because for the bulk of how long football's been in existence it's been it's running been, backs have been the stars yeah it's been you've been the stars position. right you've been the superstars you were the habs you were the one percenters you were the rich ones and now that your position couldn't keep up with everything else in the league now you're pouting now you're pouting it's like Look. yeah sorry you're not the hottest chick in the bar anymore and you're throwing a tantrum tantrum because of it. So I'm loving the way things are going now as far as I like curvier, thicker women. That's just me. I don't maybe oh, I know. are you the same way? I like it. I like a good wreck. I don't like them anywhere near as, as big as you do. Whoa, but, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You like them big, buddy. No, no. I like, I like, I like him girth. curvy. You can be big, but you gotta be curvy. You don't just can't be just freaking, you know, a, a offensive tackle. Okay. I have seen the chicks on Instagram that you DM me and, and show me, oh, they're big. Oh, yeah. They're big. Okay. Anyway. But look at this. The running back is the hot, skinny girl. Because hot, skinny girls are hot until they hit maybe real past their 30, and then they don't look so hot anymore. Yeah. The, th the, 
the curvy girl that's the you know she's petite like she's curvy and she's in her 20s mm -hmm. but she gets a little bit older guess what she'll be a little bit curvier but, but still pretty damn hot yeah when she gets older you know it's 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 a ridiculous conversation. It's a ridiculous argument to have because the other side is well, it's just not fair, dude. One that's, can say one. Can that's say, how I know we're right. Yeah. When the counter argument, because you know sometimes like we sometimes get in our bubble, right? You and me are talking or text chat with Rory, and we get all hyped up, and we we all think something, and then we run into people who think differently. Like, oh, I never thought of it that way. It's like, oh, okay, like maybe I maybe I should rethink our thought process here because you've given me new information. Hearing the people saying running back should get paid have only made me dug in and feel smarter with our take because I have yet to hear one really good reason why you should pay running backs big. I haven't heard any good reasons. All Look, the reasons I, have been, oh, they work so hard or it's, it's, it's not fair. Or you hear Derek Henry, just take the running back position out of the game. Austin Eckler. Everyone knows it's tough to win without one. This is trash. That's artificially devalued. I haven't heard one like, oh, here's a good stat. Here's a good number. Here's here's the record. Here's how someone they contribute. Gonna, None of that. Someone, someone gave me a stat, and I'm like, you're proving my point. Well, running back is like the lowest uh, lowest um, average years in the league. I'm like. One, all of them are reasons not to give them long-term Exactly. Contract. And you're two, proving my point. And two, that number is drastically exaggerated because again, there's so many running backs. There's so many running backs. Like, look at, look at, you know, look at Britton Brown, right? For us on the Raiders, right? May never see a rush on the Raiders. There's just so many other running back and it pains me because he's, you know, he's a Bruin, but you know, he's he like, kick ass special teams guy. He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be special teams and he'll hang out for a couple of years. Maybe someone will give him a shot, but most likely never really going to get a shot. So his career's very likely going to be, you know, late, 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 seventh rounder, I think he was, right? Most yeah. likely two, three years in the league. Make a couple bucks and then he'll, you know, he'll sell real estate or whatever, right? Be a coach or whatever, open up a, right? a, 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 like a, a school or He's like in a whatever. much better position at 23 out of the league than you or I were at 23, right? Well, he'll look, find something to do. But that's well, my point. Well, it's not like the position is so hard and it ran him so ragged that he had to get, that he had to leave. It's like, no, he just never made it. He was just in the league kind of hung around and then left because there's so many guys like him because there's so many other running backs. If you're a top 10, if you're a, like a top 10 rusher, you're in the league 10 years. Look at all the really good rushers. None of them are in and out in two or three years. If you're good, you stick around and you make millions and millions and millions because guess what? Now you're no longer just one of 200 running backs. You're one of a dozen really, really good ones and your value does go up. And you can make $10 million like Josh Jacobs and or like Nick Chubb's deal or whoever, right? So I got it like this whole, and I get that stat all the time. Oh, it's not one. Oh, it's not fair. You should pay them because their careers are so short. Like, blow me. This isn't a charity. This isn't welfare. It's like you contribute and we pay you or you don't and you're gone. So there's that. And then two, so they're acting like the Derek Henrys of the world are only playing two or three years. It's like, no, the good ones are around for a decade. The ones that don't cut it, they're the ones gone because they're fringe players. Look, the the NFL that you have to run to set up the pass. Run the ball effectively. Run it, run it until they start loading the box up to stop the run. Then you can pass all you want. Mm -hmm. That NFL is dead. 
teams don't do that anymore. What teams do is they spread you out, they throw the ball, and they find the mismatch with the formation, and they attack it against the run. That's what they. That's what the modern NFL does. That's not what a few teams do or some teams. That's what every team does. So things that can you you can get a good running game with a bunch of different parts at running back by scheme, by formation, by a, a quarterback knowing how to attack a certain formation of a defense. Last year, I, I, saw, I tested this, uh, the, this stat on, on the live. Last year, the Raiders faced the eighth least amount of uh, seven-plus defender boxes. Mm. The eighth least. That's formation. That's personnel. That's scheme. Scheming against light boxes when you run the ball. So you can do that with other running backs that are NFL quality running backs. We're not talking about the guy that bags your groceries. We're talking NFL quality running backs. No disrespect, Kurt Warner. But that's what we're talking about here. You make it easier by being able to throw the ball effectively and having good formations of personnel and, and having a quarterback or, or a, a coordinator who can identify the weaknesses in a defensive formation. That's how you're effectively able to run the football. Because even with Josh Jacobs last year, we were still in the bottom half of rushing in the league. I thought we were 15th. 17th. 17th. There you go. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, teams can do that. Teams can be have a good running attack just not one single rusher. And ultimately, what does it matter? What does it matter if it's one guy who's getting all the yards or it's a bunch of guys getting yards, And but the, the, but you're still running the ball effectively? It doesn't matter. One last thing on Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, all these guys clutching their pearls, crying and being emotional about it. Be careful about people that purely appeal to your emotion to make their case. Now, these arguments, this is more virtue signaling than anything. Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, because no GM is going to look at like Jonathan Taylor's tweet and be like, oh yeah, okay, good point. I'm going to pay my running backs more. Or look at Austin Eckler and be like, oh yeah, well, you know, how can I argue with these facts? I'm going to pay him more. Right, you're not a, you're not going to change a GM's mind with these with these statements. Now, politicians talk like this. If you're trying to sway the masses, like there's nothing dumber than the American voter, right? Like if you're trying to just sway masses, this is how you talk because you're not appealing to decision makers, multimillionaires in charge of billion dollar rosters, things like that. Like you're talking to just dumbasses who watch cable news all night long and do what they're told. Well, yeah, it's like the reason why the GMs do what they do is because they can get fired too. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to do things unless, look, you have to have a set of rules that, that follow your plan, that follow your game plan. You have to have a plan. GMs and decision makers, player personnel people, they look into the future. They look three to five years down the line, okay? Mm-hmm. What happened the last time we had a guy in charge of personnel who was a head coach? He was very one-year oriented, and it mm-hmm. killed us in dead cap, 
and we have a, a, a lack of talent all the way throughout the roster. And we gave a lot of bad contracts to a lot of uh, players. So these good GMs, they look, they have some foresight. They have some vision down the, down the road. Okay. So if you make an exception for a player, that player better walk on water. That player better be like the legit player of all players. I'm not talking leading the league and rushing one year, but then having a sub four yards per attempt the previous year. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this guy is the shit. This guy does everything you want him to do. He's a, a he's a plus cat, pass catcher, a plus blocker, a plus person, a plus injury history, plus, 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 plus everywhere. If he walks on water, then you make the exception. Because if you don't, you're going to have a team full of exceptions. All right, let's do some Raider news, some what-up win bags. We just did 50 minutes on running backs, and it's depressing. Uh the Raiders, they got some new uh, Allegiant Stadium, got a little bit of an upgrade. Got some, uh, got some fake tits on nice. an already supermodel building. Allegiant Stadium has unveiled 16 new club, club suites starting at 30, starting at $30,000 for each Raider game. You want to buy the first one? I'll buy the second one. Sure. Dude, Mark Davis is making so much fucking money. It's like normally I'd be happy. You're like, oh hell yeah! Like the Raiders are making good money. Like this, this is great. You know, all those but, are going to sell, but they're good. But they're yeah. But they're playing so bad and making so much money that it, I know it shouldn't matter, right? Like again, I just talked about being like not being emotional, but hey, at least it's like Chiefs and Niners fans buying them, not Raiders fans. Dude, <laughs> you're getting their money at those prices. At those prices, at least. This season, at least, this is not preseason games either, just regular season games. He's going to make over $4 million. Um, and it's not like really like fans are buying them too. When it's that big, it's corporates, it's corporations, right? Like you're, you're Exxon and you're trying to get, you know, clients, there is so much money games in like Vegas. There's so much Crazy. money. El Cortez, that little shitty fucking, they're buying fucking those. Yep. Every casino can buy them and they will. Uh, Adam Kaplan, of all people, had a little update on the Darren Waller trade. So he was talking about, um, you know, kind of going back and reading the sources on Darren Waller and the move to the Giants for the third rounder. Said, well, getting a third round pick was seen by multiple league sources as good compensation for the Raiders. Considering Waller turns 31 this fall, league sources said that some in the club got wary of Waller missing significant time over the last two seasons. There were no off-the-field concerns, it should be noted. But as a pro personnel source added, you want to move away from older players who have trouble staying healthy before it's too late. This sounds like damage control out of the Waller camp, where it's just like, oh, you know, he's just a little older. No off-the-field concerns. No off-the-field concerns. Zero off-the-field concerns. Leaving to L.A. to release your album. Wasn't a concern? Giving the double bird to the whole organization. I don't care what you say, motherfuckers. I'm leaving. Scalp tattoo midseason? Doing your wedding the same day as your defensive teammate, Max Crosby? Get rid of him a year too soon rather than a year too late. It was uh, We paid him two years too early. That's where it ended up. Ready to do some what up, Wimbags? 
Yes, sir. Daniel Meeker, 5719. I still say that Mark Davis colluded with Roger Goodell to dump John Gruden. Davis is notorious for running away from super rich contracts. It only makes sense that he was given an easy out to erase a bloated contract with a percentage of ownership. Um, I've That's seen absolutely this cons- ridiculous. I've seen this conspiracy theory bantered about a bit. Um, but it's wrong on about 17 levels. One, like the team was getting better and better every season. Like Gruden was like, the roster was still a mess, but the team was winning more every season. Carr was getting more comfortable in the offense. Uh, Hunter Renfro was finding his place. Run game was rolling, right? Like defense still was trash, but team was winning more games every single season. And also by all accounts and purposes, Josh McDaniels is getting paid in the same ballpark as John Gruden was. Not like he's he's saving money. We just talked about $30,000 suites, 16 new ones, starting 16,000, and coach expenses isn't part of the salary cap. You pay coach whatever you want. It doesn't affect the rest of the regime. So this idea that now Mark Davis decided to pinch pennies and scheme with Roger Goodell to get rid of his buddy that he's been waiting a decade to bring back into the league. Look, I, Daniel, if you have more evidence, I'd love to hear it. If you have I'd any evidence, I'd any love evidence. to hear more to this theory. None of this is evidence. Look, he gave him a 10-year deal, man. This is a different Mark Davis. He's not going to be impulsive anymore. I think he's learned his lesson uh, about being impulsive. I think he wants to have things grow. I think he wants to be patient. I think he wants to let things move. I think he's starting to look at some of these figures that we've been talking about the last few weeks about how roster construction and like I think he's starting to see how things and and he's starting to to see and getting some input from different people who have been in different places on how to effectively build a roster, mm-hmm. effectively build a team. And I just I don't see it. I don't see it. Chris Waytech forty four twenty four Soto as always good information. This was your uh, live show you did earlier. But what about McZiegler's Chandler Jones Waller Renfro deals that were probably too high and Waller is gone? You made your point with Gruden and Mayock, but help me understand how these contracts benefited our future. Okay, so let's start with the Waller one because it's the easiest one. Um, Waller was hurt one year, but he was a top producing. I mean, uh, granted, I think he was paid early, a year too early, right? Uh, but you're paying a and locking down a top player at their position in the league, not in, on your team, but in the league. He had what, one, what, what was the context of the question? What were you saying that made him say this? Well, I was talking about how Gruden and Mayock fucked up our roster, um, not just by bad drafting, but by bad contracts. I talked about yeah. Trent Brown, little like like I, I talked about earlier. Like he paid undervalued positions a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Interior interior linebacker, backup interior linebacker, aging corner, uh, and moving him to safety. Uh, um, second offensive tackle that you want to pay. Like, there's all these different things that he was throwing money at that ended up we, a lot of dead cap for us. So, yep. um, the Waller deal, we didn't know he was going to get hurt again. Had Waller played and been more of a 2020 Waller than the 21-22 Waller, I think it would we wouldn't bat an eye at the contract, okay? But the contract was structured to where if there was a problem that first year, we can get out of it with very minimal damage, which we did. 
So the contract was actually, I mean, although being a year early, the way it was structured was pretty smart. Yeah, the, the structuring for Waller's skills was fine. Again, it was just Rosenhaus kind of fleeced Ziegler and got it a year early. Okay, so there's that. You look at Renfro. Renfro is coming off a 100, 100 you know, catch season, um, show that he can be a lot more than just a third down threat, right? Um, he got his his contract is fifty percent of what Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill is making. He's not fifty percent of the production. He when he's healthy, he's more than that. Uh, he's a premium position at, at, at a wide receiver, um, and he's one of the better players at his position in the league. So it's no again, he got injured. You can't forecast someone getting injured if they don't have any injury history. He didn't have any injury history when he signed it, and he got hurt. That's why we look at – if he had another year, let's say in between a 65 and 100, what is that, like 78, something like that? Mm -hmm. 79, 80-ish, around there? If he had 80 catches last year, would we be saying anything about this being a bad contract? No. Okay, so there's that. As far as the Chandler Jones, the player, they got wrong. The position, they didn't get wrong. All right, I think Chandler Jones is making like sixty percent of what the top edge rushers are making in the league right now. Seventeen million a year. You'll pay a productive edge rusher seventeen million dollars a year. You'll pay that for a All Pro uh, edge rusher. You'll pay that, but he, he he the player we got wrong, the specific player, the position we didn't get wrong. Now. Had he played more like he did in the second half of the entire season, I think we still would have said, you know what? He only had about nine sacks. You know, he, he did cause some fumbles here and there, but, um, you know, we're hoping for a little bit more out of him next year. It wouldn't be that big a deal, but because that's what a veteran, you know, edge rusher who's highly productive, that's what they cost. Yeah. So all, I mean, all these. I, 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 all, all these contracts had just basically one major error, right? Like with Waller, like for the talent and the level and the position, that's kind of what you have to pay. It was a year earlier than they had to. Chandler, it'd be nice to have a good veteran's great edge rusher premium position. He just is not that good anymore. Renfro got hurt. It was just all like, it was always kind of like one thing wrong with all of these contracts type of thing. As opposed to Gruden Mayock, where it's like, oh, here's 17 things wrong with your contracts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like, okay, first off, we're going to pay a backup right tackle like fucking $75 million. We're going to pay a backup quarterback that can't stay healthy, nine mil. Nine million years. bucks. Oh, we're going to pay an interior linebacker 54 million. Like, what? We're going to pay what? Jordy Nelson 14 mil when he was shot a season and a half ago. It's just that, that that's the stuff that we're not doing anymore. We're not overpaying for the position. You're never going to hit on everyone. You're never well, going to do that. Yeah. The, and the Gruden Mayock stuff, it gets basically, it's, it's more or less out of here. Like after this season, it's going to be a long memory. Seven of the eight highest paid players on the Raiders are all contracts from Ziegler, right? By next season, all that dead caps going to be gone. It's going to be all their contracts. It's going to be their guys. It's going to be all them. So that the good news of the Gruden Mayock stuff is like, it's going to be behind us. Now it's, Fully up to any bad contracts or players yeah. or moves, but look, on, it's a hundred percent on this regime after this season. The model that they're following is they're paying the top premium positions, and the mm -hmm. other guys in the team are going to be guys that they have to build up and grow. Now, the problem is they were, as what I talked about, active uh, draft capital. We're the worst in the NFL with rookie contract players. We're the absolute worst in the NFL. 
that's because a lot of our rookie contract players didn't pan out and they're on either you know in jail on other teams or they're not in the nfl anymore so we have to build that underneath but you pay the premium players at premium positions you pay them the premium money that's what we're doing right now maddie 865 first time in my 36 years of fandom since i was 10 years old i'm absolutely not excited at all fuck this regime and i've seen a couple of these um I've seen a couple people post things like unto that. Well, there's a lot of things not to get excited about. And it's hard to be it's hard to be excited in what really looks like a rebuild year, like other than Jimmy G string. It's basically all like we're not rebuilding for the future. Yeah, it's he's a band-aid. That's my point. It's like everything else says, like, all right, pure rebuild, save money, build, other than Jimmy G string, right? But you'd think after like after 20 years of rough football that this is the year where you're like, all right, this is the first time I'm not happy. Like this is the first time I don't have anything to look forward to. And we have arguably four of the best players in football at their positions. Like I get it. Like, you know, I, I think it's very, uh, it's a very reasonable expectation to think we have a terrible season. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think you're crazy to think Raiders aren't going to win a lot of games this season. Like, it's, that's not nuts at all to think that. But to say there's like nothing to be excited about, I mean, we're six and zero against the Broncos. We got four amazing players. I think maybe this gentleman and people who are a lot like him may not have their favorite Raider to root for anymore. And everything that this regime does, Trent they Brown. look at it. As, as, uh, yeah, Trent Brown. That's what I've seen, honestly. Alex Leatherwood. That's that's what I've seen, yeah. because a, a certain a certain player or whatever that was moved on from, they 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 so they they focus solely on that. So everything else that they do, they're going to look at it in a, in a more negative light. Because th- there's there's a positive spin you could put on almost anything to neutral things out that can be logical. Like yeah. even Jimmy G's injury history, you can look at another another from another perspective and it can not be as bad as what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Like the Niners haven't been able to keep any quarterbacks healthy mm-hmm. last year. They had their what, fifth string quarterback. They were playing in the championship game because the other quarterbacks weren't able to go because they were hurt. I'm telling you right now, they haven't been able to keep anyone healthy, any quarterback healthy since, since um, Shanahan got there. He gets quarterbacks hurt every year, but no one wants to talk about that. The, the thing is, is, is you're going to look at things the way you want to look at it from some foundation of how you feel about X. Whatever you feel about X is going to create your foundation of how you're going to be tilted, positive or negative. And I think right now, Chris, Chris Waitek, I mean, I don't know who you are or who I, you probably be a nice guy. It's Normally, Maddie. It's right Maddie. Now, eight, it's Maddie. Eight, oh, 86, oh, Matt, Matt, Maddie, Maddie. Sorry, Maddie. I, I I, I think you're just being a little baby right now. I think you're being a little crybaby. And I think once the season starts, you're going to root for the Raiders. And- I think when we get closer, we'll start the excitement. will start tingling a little bit, right? Training camp starts next week. He's being a little bit, a little bit of a, I, of a, I'll defend him a little bit. I mean, this uh, off season was extremely underwhelming. I think it's very fair to say that this was a very underwhelming off season. 
And that's kind of what gets you going in the offseason, right? Like a big signing, um, you know, killer pickup. You kind of get jacked. We didn't have that. Like it's it is this part of the offseason has been very underwhelming. I'll say that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, but, but you, you, you look once, at, at the once you smell that grass, though. Once you see some, once you see some preseason games, once you start that rot, you finally see that fifty-three. You know, the final fifty-three, yeah. and that shit starts happening. You know, the fifty-three, the guys are on the practice getting hard, squad, but you know, I mean, dude, like then that's when it starts swelling. Where I, I will admit, this is probably like the saddest part. Like, this is probably the most down will be. Is this part of the off season? Like no big, no big moves. Josh Jacobs holding out. This is the this is the low point of the year. I mean, well, he's technically not holding out yet. He just hasn't what, what, signed his franchise. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Right? Yeah. Josh Jacobs, Josh, the Josh Jacobs drama. This is the this is the low point. It's the yeah, low point of the offseason for sure. Look, I will give you a little bit of hope. Okay. Windows in the NFL open and close and close quickly. All right. But with the state of our roster. How much money we have to spend to backfill positions that you really don't have, like backups. We're having mm. to spend a lot of money on backup positions or play players that aren't ready to play because we can't afford to get more. This regime is cleaning up issues from the previous regime, and it's going to get better year by year. I, I looked at it in my last live. The, the the reason why we were ranked 31st in, 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 in roster health the next three seasons. And a big part of that is because of our active draft capital, which we really we're I mean, did, did we talk about that already? Oh yeah. The active draft oh, capital. We talked about how shitty yeah. we've been drafting for the last six six years. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, it's been heavily discussed. The, the point differential average, the point differential average between one and thirty-one was like 400 points we're 1800 points behind number 31 mm. we're 1800 points behind the next worst team in active draft capital and, and that goes to show you that we have to fill a roster somehow we have to get to 90 players somehow how do we get that we get that by overpaying veterans by getting guys that are younger that normally wouldn't make teams because we're not developing players that are sticking around It'll get better. That's it for us. Uh, rookies check into training camp on Thursday. We'll see. We'll, we'll discuss that. Training tomorrow camp starts, as you're listening. Tomorrow as you're listening. Uh, next week, veterans show up. And then training camp begins. And then practices. Then we start seeing beat writers on the field. And then we start seeing joint practices. And we get into off-season. And then that's when things get sexy here at the Adam Winbacks. And there's football-like substances to discuss. And until then, knock on wood if you're with me.